0: Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Lord God, I pray that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity, that you would open our spiritual ears to hear your voice speaking to our hearts, that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us today, that we would walk away changed because of this encounter with you, this continuous encounter that we've had through worship, and now your word that would go deep within our hearts and lives. And so, Father, we pray this prayer with great expectation in Jesus' name, amen. Before I get started, I wanted to... uh, just welcome and, and introduce our friends, Joe and Connie and Raul and Alicia. They're here from Corpus Christi, and they have, uh, would you guys stand and, and let us just welcome you? Uh, they they have been really great friends for a number of years, and uh, Joe and Connie have a, a couple of, of boys, a couple of sons that are adults now, and they have, they're married, and they have uh, children, and I remember them running around in their superhero underwear and their uh, superhero pajamas when they were younger, up until they were about 18, I think. (laughs) But we've known Joe and Connie for a a number of years, wonderful couple, wonderful friends, and Raul and Alicia, we've known them for about the same amount of time, And, and they have some grown children and a granddaughter that they dearly love and uh, uh, Raul and I used to play on, a, on our praise and worship team at our uh, home church in Corpus Christi, and Raul was an elder there, and uh, just wonderful couple, and uh, wonderful couples, and we love them so much, and, and uh, we just thank, uh, thank the Lord for bringing them into our lives. There's something that happens when we build these relationships that we have longevity with, and we've known them for a long time, and and they're a valuable, golden relationships. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this, Raul. Um, well, let me ask you this. How many of you can remember a sermon from like 25 years ago? Well, I remember a sermon that, that Raul taught. I think it was, I don't, I don't know if it was on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday, a midweek service. But the title of the service was, Who in Hell Are You? Not who in the hell are you, but who in hell are you? And the premise of the teaching was that, are you making a an impact, advancing the kingdom of God to the point that the enemy knows who you are? And uh, it's amazing that I still remember that because uh, I can't really remember what I taught like a month ago, but to remember that, it had a great impact. And that was I may steal that one day and, and teach on that. but uh, anyway, we, we've had a, a long, uh, wonderful relationship with these guys. And they've been instrumental in our, in our lives and investing in us and just growing together. So we talk about the local church, the importance of the local church. And this is a great example of that. Um, so we've walked through life together, ups and downs, losses and victories. And uh, relationships, God brings relationships in our, into our lives to be a blessing. Amen. and. Uh, You know, if if you've got some toxic relationships in your life or some relationships that are dragging you down, you may want to reevaluate that because God wants to bless our lives with one another. He wants us to be a blessing and he wants others to bless us. And so uh, that kind of leads right into what I'm going to talk about today, uh, that the blessings of friendship are one of the greatest things that God gives to us. Because our relationship with Him is vital, but our relationship with one another is important too. So, uh, this morning's message is God's people. And we kind of sang about it today as well when we were singing, uh, Who You Say I Am, Who who Does God Say That I Am? He is for us. He is with us to lead us and guide us. And so we talk about this intimate personal relationship with the Lord so often because it's so vital but the Lord wants us to have healthy, godly relationships. And when I look around this room, I see people that I dearly love. And then I know you love me because it's demonstrated. And there's, there's something that happens when we, when we walk in this love that God imparts to us. that Our love for Him and then our love for one another. And I know you know what that's like. We have this, this love, this healthy, godly love for one another that is is life-changing that we can we can be honest and open and real with one another and sharing our challenges and and our victories and and i believe that life fellowship represents this little church represents the heart of god when it comes to what the lord has in mind for the the church his body is that the main thing? Is that we have love for him and we have love for one another. And, you know, this, this body is not to, to be about a building or it's not to be a, a, a fractured body of believers or, or people pulling in different directions. It's not people, it, the church was never designed for people to be in isolation or have their own little cliques and be in silos. But to have a a church, a group of people that are in unity, I talked about this a few weeks ago, that we are in oneness. We have different opinions, but we're in oneness and moving forward in what the Lord has called us to do and in in advancing his kingdom. And uh, last Sunday, man, you guys killed it. You demonstrated the love of Christ at the sunrise service. Many of you, most of you, were serving out there. And I know that it made a huge, that those services make a huge impact because we're advancing the kingdom of God. We're bringing the hope and the love of Christ to hundreds of people, many of which who are probably not saved, who may be CEOs, they come to church every Christmas and Easter only. But yet we are able to go out there, we have the opportunity to share the hope and the love of Christ. And not only with people, but the principalities and powers are taking note that those things are being broken. I believe there are principalities and powers that have been over this area for maybe centuries. And as we go and we proclaim the Word of God, as we begin to worship, the atmosphere is changing. There's something that happens when we press into God. And and so I want to thank all of you that we're serving and and praying. A, A number of people were praying for that service. Continue to pray for our community. Continue to pray for those that are lost. Continue to pray for for what the Lord is leading us to with this property and the new building that we're going to build and all of those things because God has a purpose and plan and we want to make sure that we're walking in the fullness of what He wants us to walk in and that He will continue to, to provide the resources and everything that we need to accommodate those things or facilitate those things. So my first point this morning is God's people really... It should really love and care for one another it should not just be in word but I know you know what this is like we have this heart connection where we really love one another and as we continue to grow in those relationships and continue to uh, allow God to fill us with his love it, it has an impact not only in our lives but in the lives of the people around us and uh, Jesus gives us, He says in His Word, He gives us a new commandment. The old commandment was to love each other. The new commandment is to love others like He loves us. And I know you know the Scripture, but I want to I read it today. It's John 13, 34 and 35. So Jesus said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. That's the new part of the, co- the commandment. Your love for one another will what? Prove to the world that you are my disciples. So if we say we're a disciple, then we should prove it by the love that we have for one another. Um, You know, we we can quote Scripture all day long and not have love. We can discuss and debate theological things and not have love. We can even serve others but not have love. And it is the love that connects people to the Lord. It's the love, you know, it's like the saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And uh, there's something that happens when we uh, get in that zone where God is just pouring His love through us. We are like a conduit being filled with His love. It impacts the world. It changes the world around us. When we love others like Jesus loves us and the others, we become instruments that the Lord uses to change the world and many times it's one life at a time sometimes we can get so focused on on the big picture we we can't see the forest for the trees kind of thing or maybe we only see the forest and probably be we don't see the trees in front of us and so many times god has placed us in positions or given us opportunities to minister to that one life and are we stepping over those lives and, 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 and trying to do something larger when god is saying look you got your family right here, or your coworker, or your neighbor. And so again, this this message this morning is God's people. Being reminded of who he says that we are in him. And the the anointing and the love and, and the 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 power and and the things that God has allocated to us, are we walking in the fullness of what he called us to walk in? Let's look at Ephesians chapter five, verse one and two. Look at the first two words here imitate God imitate God okay how do we imitate him well we first of all we have to know him and so that's why we talk so much about this in, intimate personal relationship with him but we have to know him before we can imitate him we demonstrate how do we imitate him we demonstrate his love we demonstrate his character we walk in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So we have His character, and we can be like Him. We can love like Him. Uh, we can be godly role models for our children and our grandchildren. We can be godly role models to and examples to other believers who are less mature than we are. You know, one day I was really frustrated. I said, Lord, why is there so much immaturity in the body of Christ? And the Lord said, well, it's like this. You have a family and you have infants, you have toddlers, you have you know, children, younger children, you have adults. You have the whole gamut. You have the older people, right? And that's a sign of a healthy church as well. That we, that we have all levels, not just of age, but, but maturity levels. Because we're all growing. Amen. And so, you know, God is doing something in our hearts and lives as we yield to Him. And that's a good thing. You know, it's a, it's a good thing. Well, it's kind of graphic, but you know, a baby wears a diaper for a reason, because they don't know how to you know take care of that. But you don't want a twenty year old son or daughter still having to wear a diaper. That would be abnormal, right? I mean, sometimes there are problems. I don't know why I'm getting off into all this, but uh, but anyway, we're all growing, okay? And so let's let me let's just move on here, okay? All right. So Ephesians 5, 1 continues, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Uh, Wednesday morning, w- we meet on Wednesday mornings at 10 o'clock for prayer, and, and some of you are coming to that, so I want to invite you. Wednesday mornings at 10 o'clock, we usually pray from 10 to 11. And uh, last Wednesday, Karen was praying something that reminded me of our Father's power and authority and dominion and the the thing that that she was praying led us to understand that as we grow in our relationship our prayers change because we can look back and maybe see some of the things that we're praying when we were a young believer or Christian and uh, and and we may look back and and say oh well you know I was praying really in accordance with my faith And the things that I was praying for back then seem so small or immature because I see how I've grown and and my prayers are different, if that makes sense. Um, As we grow in our faith and in seeing the power and the authority of God, when we begin to walk in those things, it changes the way that we pray because we, we know He is more than able But not only that, we begin to understand and grow in who we are in Christ as well. That we can walk in the things that God has allocated to us so we can begin to pray. We can really begin to understand coming to God's throne of grace boldly and presenting our petitions to Him. And so as, as she was praying, my thoughts began to drift toward us being children. And uh, think about when you were a child, or maybe you, you have a grandson or child, and, and they would be praying for a bicycle. I mean, they were like so excited that they wanted a bicycle. But to an adult, you would be going, oh, that's easy, you know. But to a child, that could be a big thing. And so, uh, as we grow in our relationship, many of the, of the things that we pray for are so small to God. But yet they're big things for us and, and you know that's that's natural, that's normal that happens. But when we begin to understand who God is and who we are in him, and we begin to bring those petitions to him, and, and as we grow and mature, we're locked into the sensitivity of his Holy Spirit speaking to us and we're praying in accordance with his will. God wants to bless us. God wants to pour out His blessings upon us. And this is not a prosperity message. This is much greater than that. God wants to pour out His love, His power, His anointing and so that we can go out and live it, live this thing out. So we are God's dear children. Do we recognize how much He loves us? Because I know that I've talked to people that are Christian and, 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 and they still struggle. With, Does God really love me? Does God really forgive me for those things? And when we come to that understanding of God's grace and, and and reject this idea of performance and say, yes, He loves me. Yes, He's really forgiven me of those things. It's, it sets people free. And then we can go and we can share the hope of our freedom in Christ with other people that are bound up. <laughs> So uh, let's read on in Ephesians 5.1. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are His dear children. And, and so as a child of God, we have His attributes. We should have His characteristics. You can look at your children or your grandchildren, and you can see attributes of yourself in them. Maybe their personality, or maybe the way that they look, or maybe the way that they act. You say, oh man, I, I recognize that action. When it's good, it's me. When it's bad, it's, that's from my husband. <laughs> or whatever, right? And so we can look at our children. So when God looks down on us, is He seeing us with the character and demonstrating the attributes of God, loving one another like He loves us. Ephesians 5.2, live a life filled with love. Not just a little bit, but filled with love and overflowing. Follow the example of Christ. So, how do we do this? Well, we can pray for the Lord to impart this, this deep, affectionate love for Him and for one another into our hearts. The kind of love that He has for us. This agapeo love that I talked about last week and we talked about so many times. Which is a deep, affectionate, strong affectionate, un- un- uh, unselfish, a sacrificial kind of love. And so we can have that kind of love. In fact, I'd like to do something this morning that we've done a few times. I'd like for you to pray this prayer. I'd like for you to pray this prayer from your heart. If you'll just repeat after me. Lord, give me the kind of heart. Give me the kind of love that You have for me and that You have for others. Help me to truly love others like you love me and and you love, and you love others and i believe that god honors that prayer when we sincerely pray that prayer and i think of all the things that we could pray if we could have that kind of love the world around us would be different because we would be different and we would truly love the things that God loves. And we would truly hate the things that God hates. And that we would love people enough to, to be real with them and share this hope that we have and give them hope. So I, I encourage us to pray that prayer. When, when it comes to our mind, pray, Lord, help me to love others like You love me. Help me to love that cactus person like You love them. And He will do that because He's changing our hearts and lives. We can ask the Lord to give us that kind of love. And we can choose to follow, to follow the examples of Christ. We have many examples in the Bible. And the thing I love about the Word is that they are practical examples for us to follow. We can follow the examples set by Paul and the Apostles. Who are who are going to the Gentiles, the non-Jews, and bringing this good news of Jesus? We have the examples set by spiritually mature believers that God has placed in our lives that we can look to. And Paul said, "Follow me," as I follow the Lord. Follow me. Let me be an example. There are people in your lives that need some mentoring. They need some godly examples, and so let's lead them into this relationship, and then let's demonstrate this as we go out and live it. Ephesians 5.2, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered Himself as a sacrifice for us. A pleasing aroma to God. I was thinking about this last part of this Scripture here. He offered Himself as a sacrifice, a pleasing aroma to God. And I, I thought, let's look at this Greek word. This Greek word... For aroma is osme, and it means smell, sweet aroma, fragrance, odor. So it's an accurate, demonstra- uh, you know, uh, definition there. But I was thinking about sacrifice. How is that a pleasing aroma? I remember when Christine went, Pastor Christine went to Africa a few years ago, and they were downwind from an incinerator, and she said that uh, Namibia at that point in time, I don't know about today, but was really, really. Uh, high on the list of nations that suffered from AIDS. And there were a lot of people dying. In fact, they were feeding orphans that were coming, walking for miles to get food. And uh, many of these orphans, you'd have six or eight-year-old children raising their siblings because both parents had died from AIDS. It was a tragic situation. And But anyway, she said they were kind of downwind, and there was an incinerator, and they were burning flesh. I don't know if it was animals or people or what. But I was thinking about many times we see in the Word of God where God declares how pleasing the aroma of a burnt offering is. Have you ever smelled burning flesh? It doesn't really smell that good. And I was thinking, how is that pleasing to God? But God found the the aroma of the burnt animals and the flesh that was being burned for the sacrifices because they were required for the forgiveness of sins. So, I don't think God was like, oh, yeah, that smells good. I think God was saying, I I love that smell because this represents the forgiveness of my people's sins. They're coming to to the, uh, they're bringing these animals for sacrifice to repent of their sins, and the priests are burning these animals. And Jesus' sacrifice was a requirement for the redemption for all of our sins and for all of humanity who would receive him. God was pleased because the results were people were coming back to Him. They were repenting of their sins and they were coming back to Him. They were drawn back to Him. And Jesus wasn't burned, but it it was His sacrifice for us that was a pleasing aroma to God. The final sacrifice. You know, the Word says that it pleased God that Jesus would go through these things because He did this for us. So my first point this morning is God's people should really love and care for each other. My second point is God's people should allow the Lord to transform their lives, our lives. And we know that this transformation process is a lifelong process. Let's go to 1 Peter 2, 1. So get rid of all evil behavior. The Holy Spirit is working our lives as we yield to Him, but we still have the opportunity to make choices, right? He's given us a free will and uh you know, Paul is, Paul is encouraging the early believers in Philippians 4. And kind of at the conclusion of his letter, he says, re, Philippians 4, 4-8, he says, rejoice in the Lord. Always. I will say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God and then the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So he's saying to rejoice in the Lord, bring our petitions and prayers to him with thanksgiving, and we will uh, experience the peace of God that passes all understanding. And then I want to read uh, verse 8. Paul is concluding this encouraging letter to the Philippians and he says and now dear brothers and sisters one final thing so he's saying wait I've got one more thing that's really important that I want you to get and understand I need you to get this he says fix your thoughts on what is true you know the word says that Jesus is the way the truth and the life and he's saying fix your thoughts on things that are true don't make up stuff do you ever make up stuff I know you do We all do. If we don't know, well, I don't know what's wrong with them. I said hello, and they just walked right on by. They're rude. They're mean. They're arrogant. Whatever. And so we can make these stories up, and sometimes they can be so far off base because it's not the truth. It's, you know, what we think is not always the truth. What's on Google and on the Internet is not always true. (laughs) And I want to have a ta moment, and if you don't know what that is, that means... TAS stands for transparent authentic, and honest and it's usually something that I share about my personal life that's not always you know um, real christian like <laughs> it's just real it's transparent it's authentic and honest okay and so uh, Wednesday, I went to the post office to pick up the mail for the church, and this guy got out of this corvette and he walked in in front of me and uh He went in, and then it just happened that he was walking out the same time I was walking out. And I said, hey, what, what, your model is your vet? And he said, 19. And I said, what? That's a nice-looking car. And he just gets in his car, doesn't, doesn't say anything. I'm like, well, you know, I'm thinking, well, okay. (laughs) So, uh, so then he, he pulls out of the parking lot, and I'm right behind him. And do you know what I saw? Do you, can you believe this? He had a fish on the back of his car with a cross. <laughs> oh, now, now I'm really getting judgmental. I'm like, oh, you're a Christian too, and blah, 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 blah. And so then I'm driving off and the Lord says, did you pray for him? i like, no, I don't want to pray for that guy. I want to <laughs> rip that fish off his car. <laughs> and, uh, and so the Lord, you know, the Holy Spirit speaking to me and said, do you know what's Going on in his life? And I'm like, no, but I know how I felt. And and then the Lord said, the Lord showed me, it's like sometimes when there's a situation or a circumstance, there's there's like a little video clip from here to here, right? And and what we can do sometimes is we pull out, we edit out some of the things in the video clip. We only see this part right here. And the part that I saw was I felt like he was just kind of irresponsive and kind of rude. And the Lord said. Well, how do you think he felt when you kind of stepped in front of him going out the door? Like, well, I don't want to think about that. I, I want to concentrate on this up here, you know. And so the Lord began to say, well, well, what about, you know, when you kind of stepped in front of him? Maybe he was thinking, what, what's up with this guy? And maybe if you would have had a fish on your car, maybe he would have been judging you in the same manner in which you're judging him right now. And so the Lord began to show me some things, and I, and I was like, wow, God, I, I really didn't think about that. I didn't think about how I could have precipitated this rudeness that was coming back at me. Maybe it was really my fault. And, and, and so many times we can, we can ask the Lord, is there something in my life that I'm doing that's causing this? Because we could never be wrong, right? It's always somebody else's fault. And so the Lord will speak to us and show us some things, on a level that maybe we're not seeing. So Paul says, fix your thoughts on what's true. Don't be making stuff up because you don't know what's going on in their life. <laughs> Philippians four through eight continues, or verse eight continues. And honorable, think on the things that are honorable. Or are we thinking about things that are honor that are honorable, and right? Are we thinking about things that are right? Are we thinking about things that are pure? where does our mind go are we thinking about the things of the lord are we thinking about things that are true honorable right pure lovely and admirable and that's why i love romans 12 too. be transformed by the what renewing of your mind then you will learn to know god's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect and so god is doing this transformation in a soulless realm our, our emotions and uh, our thought processes and all of those kinds of things in our soul. And so God is trying to sanctify our soul. In Hebrews, the writer says, to the saving of the soul. He's saving our soul. That's a process that He's transforming our life. He's causing us to think differently. When those impure thoughts come, whoa, no. We're thinking about the things that are true and lovely and those kinds of things. But it's a decision that we make because we all have those thoughts. We all have temptations cross our path. We all have these tests, but are we passing the test? Are we staying focused on Him and saying, I want to think on the things that are true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable? He goes on to write, Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Do we get. Caught up in this vortex of thinking about all this other stuff? Wait a minute, let's just, let's just think of the things that are excellent and worthy of praise rather than go down this path of negativity and thinking about, well, all this stuff. You know, if your boss is treating you bad, pray for him. Pray that he gets saved. Pray that God give you insight on how to deal with the situation. Because maybe God is trying to work something out of your life. Maybe it's like me, I didn't real I I didn't even think about stepping in front of that man and the Lord is saying, "Wait a minute. What were you doing here? Maybe you started this thing." And so, if we're having problems at work or we're having problems with people, let's look in the mirror and say, "God, reveal me to me." And then pray for the situation. Pray for those other people because he can take care of them. Just, you know, let's get the log out of our eye before we start judging somebody with a little speck in theirs. So think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Back to First uh, Peter chapter 2. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit. And I, I looked at this Greek word for deceit, and it's dolos, and it means to bait or trick others. This was interesting because it also says to hook uh, people, especially those dealing with excessive emotional pain brought on by themselves. And how many times have we been judgmental of someone? Oh, well, they brought that on themselves. Well, you made that bed. You got to lie in that one. And, and so, uh, you know, we should not have that kind of heart toward other people. So we should not be baiting or tricking others. We should get rid of deceit in our lives. And uh, another uh, element of this word means to use decoys to trap those who are naive and lacking discernment. Because as Christians, we should not be deceptive. We should be leading people to the Lord. We should not be manipulating or trying to deceive people. Um, 1 Peter 2.1 continues, So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit. Hypocrisy. And this, this Greek word used for deceit and hypocrisy produce many of the same results. This Greek word used for hypocrisy means play acting, to disguise motives or intentions, uh, to be insincere, to be a, a, an, an actor, someone acting under a mask. So get rid of all evil behavior, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, be real. Can we just be real with one another? Can we be real with the Lord? And I'm not saying be foolish, but I mean, you know, and that's where this whole body of Christ relationship comes into uh, effect because it, it impacts us that we're able to have relationships and we're able to go and say, man, I'm really struggling right now. Can I talk to you about something? Or hey, I see something going on in your life. Man, I love you. I want to talk to you about that because I love you and I care about you. So that we can be real and authentic with the Lord. First of all, He knows anyway, right? But we can have those kind of relationships where we can, we can get help and we can help one another. So be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy. And this, this Greek word used for jealousy means envy. It, it means being glad when someone else experiences misfortune or pain. <laughs> Has anybody else ever dealt with that? You, get, you, you lose your job or something and, and they're, well, I hope they have to hire four more people and then I hope the whole department falls apart. Oh, that's real Christian. How about, oh, uh, you know, maybe your boss comes and, and he, he, he says, I'm going to take this project off your, your platter. I'm going to give it to someone else. Okay. You go to that person and you say, hey, man, congratulations on the new project. I hope it blows up. Yeah. Oh, but it totally fails, you know, and I'm, 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 you know, I'm praying that it, that it blows up. No, uh, so, but, but what's in our hearts? And, and also, do you, do you realize that sometimes God will take things out of our life or put things in our life because he's working in our hearts and lives? It's not always all about us. It's maybe what the Lord is wanting to do in our lives. And so this word also means desiring to pull others down. Let's build one another up. Let's encourage one another. If somebody gets our project that we wanted, you know, bless them. And and when we begin to have that kind of heart toward God, listen, do we trust God? (laughs) Maybe He's taking that project off your platter and giving it to someone else for a reason. Because maybe He's about to open up another door with a bigger, better project that's going to be more successful You never know. So it all comes down to this relationship and trusting God. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Whoa! The Greek word used here for unkind speech, speech means backstabbing, slandering. As believers and followers of Christ, we should not be deceitful, hypocritical, jealous, or speak unkindly about one another, or to one another. Let's not be speaking unkindly, but speaking kind words. We should demonstrate integrity and honesty. Um, we should be sincere in our motives. We should not be acting. I, I've known people that they say they're Christian. They, you know, They probably are, but they lack godly character they may have a lot of skill sets, but the thing that's missing is the most important part, godly character. And uh, I've, I've seen people even in the church try to trick and fool others. They put on, they become an actor, a hypocrite. Uh, and why do we do that? Why do people do that? Well, it could be insecurity, could be pride, could be a number of, of reasons, I mean, You know that that someone would try to come across being something that they're not, when maybe what they really need is to humble themselves and say, Lord, I need you to do something in my heart and life. I need to have people that will speak honestly in love into my life because I need to get healed from this thing or whatever that may look like. And so we need to speak kindly to others. We need to speak kindly about others. And again, it comes back to this whole relationship. It comes back to this love. If we really loved one another. (laughs) You know, know, if if someone says something unkind about your child, oh, your child's an idiot. You're going to be pretty offended at that. Your child may not have the highest IQ, but that's your child. What do you think God thinks when we start talking about His children? What do you think God thinks when others start talking about us? What do you think God thinks about when we start demeaning ourselves? Oh, I'm an idiot. No, you're not. You're my child. I am for you. I'm not against you. I'm here to help you because I love you. We can say encouraging, life-giving words just as easily as we can say degrading, damaging words. I remember our our pastor in, in Corpus Christi, uh, somebody came to his dad one time and said, you know, you always have something nice to say about everyone. And they said, uh, you probably even have something nice to say about Satan himself. His dad thought for a second and said, well, he is a hard worker. <laughs> <laughs> so we we can find something kind to say Or as my grandmother said, it used to tell me if you can't say something nice, just don't say anything at all, right? Because the Word says the power of life and death is in the tongue. So what are we speaking over one another? What are we speaking over ourselves? Wait a minute. Ephesians 2.10, God says of all creation, we are His prized possession. Why am I speaking something different than what God says? You know, it doesn't matter what somebody else says. It matters what He says. And then as we take that in, then we begin to speak those... Wait, 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 wait. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. We can begin to speak the Word of God over our lives. We can speak life and blessings. Moses said, speak life and blessings, not death and curses. So we can, we can speak life and blessings over one another. You know that I love that song we sing, even when I don't feel it. Waymaker, even when I don't feel like it, he's working. Even when I don't see it, he's working. But we have this connection to him that's not based on circumstances, but it's based on this relationship with him. And, and again, it gets back to are we trusting him? I remember a number of years ago, there was a, a young couple that came to our church, and uh, uh, we begin to develop this relationship. Well, the guy, his name was Alan. We began to have this kind of sarcastic humor toward one another, kind of putting one another down. It, it, it kind of began this tit for tat, you know. You're always trying to one-up the other person. And finally, I said, hey, Alan, look, you know, I don't like the way this relationship is going. Let, let's, let's stop that. Let's just wipe the, the slate clean, and let's not do that anymore. And I remember a, a guy that uh, Steve and I used to work with, um, he was so hurt and wounded, and uh, he, he wanted to be accepted, but yet he, he couldn't receive love. And he would go in, and he'd set himself up for failure. And I remember the, there was a, a conference room number 420 and we used to call it the 420 group because they would go there and have lunch and sometimes I would go there I would get so disgusted I would just put my lunch up and go back to my office the conversations and things that were going on and and many times they were attacking this man and he was so starved for relationship that he would take it but I know deep inside it was eating him up it was eating him up. One day I had a confrontation with him. I got stuck working in an office with him because uh, I don't think anybody else wanted to be in his office and I could understand why. Uh, but, but one day we got into it and I'm having another Tom moment here. I'm not promoting this. I'm not saying don't. I'm not saying do this. But he got in my face and I was like, go ahead, take a swing. Go ahead. Because when you do, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lay into you. And, uh, I was so upset that I went to another, uh, gentleman's office and I sat in his office (laughs) and he didn't ask me what was wrong. I said, Jay, I I just need to sit here for a few minutes and cool down. He's like, okay, yeah, you're, you're fine. And, uh, and so I went back into the lab and, uh, this gentleman came up. I said, Richard, I said, you do not have permission to speak to me like that. You can't do that. Don't do that ever again. And, uh, you know what happened? He started crying. <laughs> he started crying. He said my wife has been, you know, railing on me and and you know, I'm having some problems at home. And God gave me a glimpse into this man's life, into his heart that I didn't know. All I saw was this cactus person that you get close to and they're they're prickly and they're sticking you. They're uh, you know, rude and mean and doing all kinds of things. But what he really needed more than anything was love. But I think he had been so wounded, it was so very hard for him to even receive. And being part of the 420 group, the lunch group probably didn't help him any. But, you know, there's, there are people around us like that. If, if we can get outside of ourselves. And begin to say, Lord, show me what's going on in their heart and in their life. And use me to bring health and healing and wholeness and love into them instead of rejecting them or reacting. But let me respond in love. So I want to do something this morning that uh, is a little different. I want to have a church challenge. And what I want us to do is I want us to... To begin to hold one another another accountable and speaking kindly to and about everyone. And so here's what I want us to do. If you hear someone speaking unkindly about someone or two, there's a key word. It's called busted. You walk by and they say busted. Or they walk by and they say busted. And you're like, oh, what did I say? Oh, yeah. I mean, can we speak life and blessings? And I know that some of us use sarcasm and, and, you know, we joke around and and things like that. But maybe we need to take a step back and say, I can just as easily say something life-giving and encouraging as to make a joke. And even what we, what we think about ourselves sometimes because of our woundedness, because of our insecurities or whatever, we can begin to speak the Word of God over our life. We can speak life over ourselves, over our family, over our marriage. What if we were speaking life and speaking encouraging words to everyone that we came across? It could change someone's life. It could save their life because you never know that someone may be thinking about suicide or, or doing something foolish. And yet, God can use us to make a way to change their heart and change their life, So let's help one another to, by speaking blessings over each other, by speaking encouragement over each other, by speaking love and life over one another, that we, that we are willing to give to, to, to have these kinds of relationships where we prove that we are disciples of Christ by the love that we have for one another, that we are willing to sacrifice and give to other people. So my first point is God's people should really love and care for each other. Second point is God's people should allow the Lord to transform our lives. And then we have this church challenge to hold one another accountable in speaking life and blessings and encouraging words over one another, speaking kindly to one another and speaking kindly about one another. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And maybe you're here this morning and... You don't have a relationship with the Lord or maybe you did at one point in time and you've walked away and God is calling you back or God's calling you to Him. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? Anybody here this morning? There's no shame in that. The shame would be to walk away and not receive what God has for you today. Maybe you're watching online and you say, that's me. If that's you, I I want you to pray this prayer. Uh, Just say, dear Jesus, I ask You to come into my heart. I ask You to come into my life. I ask You to forgive me for all my sins. And I receive Your grace and Your mercy and Your forgiveness today. And I ask You to help me to walk in this new life that's beginning right now as I yield to You. And I ask You to to help me to forgive others, help me to forgive myself, whatever that looks like. And I receive you today. I receive your grace and your mercy. And I ask you to fill me with this love, this agape love that was talked about this morning. And if you prayed that prayer, I want to pray one more prayer for you. Lord God, I pray that you would fill each and every person that prayed that that prayer with the fire and the power of your Holy Spirit that you would pour out your grace and your mercy upon all of us that you would fill us with a greater measure of your presence and your love that you would increase their sensitivities to hear your small still voice speaking to their hearts and that as they read the word of God your word would come alive as they spend time in prayer they would hear that small still voice the Holy Spirit speaking to them and that they would learn to differentiate between their voice and other voices in your Holy Spirit and then begin to walk and flow as you lead them. That they would choose to obey. And that you would continue to help them to grow in their relationship with you. And that they would find a home church. They would plug in if they don't have a home church. Lord. So Father, we pray all these prayers with great expectation. And we're excited to see what you're going to do. So, Lord, we give you permission to work in our hearts and lives today. In Jesus' name. We hope today's message encouraged you. For more information about our church, please visit our website, lifefellowship.me. We invite you to join us again next week for another life-changing, uplifting message. And remember to live it.